Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I am JT. Hello, my friends. I'm Joey. And today we will be discussing recovery from injury, bridging the gap from not quite injured, but then not quite healthy. Mm. You're stuck in no man's land. The gray zone. Yeah, it's tough because, you know, you've done a bit of rehab. Physio's kind of happy with you and says, yeah, you know, you're all right. On, on you go, jog on. But then you know that. Well, ma- maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't know. You probably uh, don't know. Well. Physio said I'm good to go back. Well, oh, better get back so, on the mats then. Yeah, let's cop rounds. Yeah. <laughs> but you might be struggling to bend that elbow or you might actually be struggling to even do a push-up or do a squat. And what we're going to dig into today, guys, is really figuring out how do you navigate this, this kind of no man's land, which a lot of people don't know anything about and you primarily may not know. And then how do you work your way out? Like what is the checklist as to how you know when you're good to go? Because it's something that not many people could tell you. And most physios, don't get me wrong, we're always advising, go see a physio, go see a physio. But there is a limit to where their work stops and you have to do a bit of work yourself to be able to get yourself back to, you know, almost 100% fit and healthy, good to throw down. Yeah, so I guess, I mean, we should kind of define what 100% is because for different people in the medical realm, their 100% is different to what your 100% is. Of course. Right? Yeah. Like we preach this all the time, but if you go to a doctor, mm. like a, a here in Australia, we call it a GP, a general practitioner. I don't know what it's called in the States or, you know, overseas, but but you go to your regular doctor, you go to them with a joint issue or, you know, a muscle tear, something that happened at jiu-jitsu. Yep. They're really concerned with, oh, um, I don't know what jiu-jitsu is or, you know, what your lifestyle is like, but uh, let's get you out of pain. Okay, yep, lay off training for a couple of weeks and take some anti-inflammatories and you should be good to go. Rest up. So really what they're kind of – and we're being very general about this, but they're saying – is it's not in pain anymore and then resume life as it was before. Yeah. Right. And you're, you're like, okay, I'll take that advice. And you, know, you want to get back to jets, right? So you're like, man, Doc said it was two weeks and I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, you fucking know that's bullshit, right? <laughs> but then, let, you know, you take it a step further, a physiotherapist, say you got a physio that doesn't understand jiu-jitsu, they're going to take a, a more precise look at what the issue is and they're going to give you better information. But if they don't understand the sport of jiu-jitsu, they're still – not going to understand what 100% is for you to go. Because jiu-jitsu is one of the most taxing. physically hectic taxing sports you can do. Guaranteed. So the gold standard is you've got a physio that understands jiu-jitsu and they train it themselves. And yes. they can go, all right, James, I see the issue. I know how you train. They have a more accurate view of what 100% is f- for you. Mm-hmm. But, but still, this is what we're talking about today, there's that gap like between their understanding and expectations versus when you're actually truly – prepared to go back to full-scale BJJ training. Yeah, and it, it's one of those things that for, for most people who go and see a physio, they're just looking to get back to day-to-day life. And if you're know, near enough is good enough. If you can walk around, you're not in pain. If you can swing a hammer or 
you know, type or do whatever you need to do, then the physio's done their job. Yeah, I can go to the gym and do like a couple of bodybuilding workouts and, you know, run on the treadmill a couple of times, like standard fitness activities, not particularly taxing on the joints and shit. It's like, yeah, go for it. You'll be good. Yeah, but if you've got, you know, big wares on your chest kamuring you and you're stuck and you he's kneeling on your arm and you can't tap. And you want to get graded and you're like, I'm not tapping. Today. I'm not tapping. Coach is watching. Yeah. You know, that's you, that's another injury coming your way. And if you've got a shoulder injury, and I've, I've had these in the past, like it's, it's a terrible thing. It's a lingering thing. So what we want to do is go, right, you are in the gray zone. You're in the recovery zone. You are not ready to come back. How can we identify this? Because you might be saying, forget you, fool. I'm ready. Doc says I'm good. I say I'm good. Let's go. Let's put a bit of context around it. Because obviously, Joe, you've had some experience with this yourself. Now, obviously, you're a very well-versed, knowledgeable person of all the health and fitness things. Thank you, James. Well, let's do what we can. I've got to give you some credit. But then we have our friend Adam Childs. <laughs> Possibly. Ignorance you know, is bliss. Yeah, he, well, he, he knows some stuff. But we're just going to put it in the context of a very acute injury. Surgery level injury. So yourself, Joe, had surgery and had to go through that recovery roller coaster. All right, so... First thing to paint, to paint the picture for folks, if we take away the particular physical activity we like to engage in, which for all of us is jujitsu. Of course. But if we take that layer away from it and just look at it from a human movement perspective, going to the gym and doing basic strength and mobility training is very simple in terms of human movement. Squatting, you go up and down, deadlifting, you pick things up, pushing and pulling, like it's basic human movement patterns, right? Mm. And the beauty of that is that it's formalized, it's controlled, there's parameters, i.e. do four sets of 10 reps. This is what a good repetition looks like. Like it's very controlled. And it's under your control. That's right. And it's like you can, and the variables are how many reps are you doing? uh, How much load is it with? And, you know, how often are you doing it? Like it's pretty simple stuff. So if you're coming from that period where you're like getting back into training, Going back to the gym to do the strength and mobility work is the logical first step. Yes. It's controlled and it's formalized. Forget that. Look at jujitsu. Now think about you doing five rounds of seven minutes in class. Chaos. Chaos. Getting stacked, inverted, someone jumping on your back. You know, like think about, like try to quantify the different movements that are occurring in that session. And you can't because it is just too chaotic. Too much. And so from a human movement perspective, you have the gym, which is like when you go to that friend's house and everything's like neat and tidy and you go, you're like, wow, this place looks wow. beautiful. Like I wish my place Everything like has this. a place. And <laughs> like, take your shoes off at the door, please, James. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> and, you know, would you like a drink? And they give you the drink. It's on a coaster. Oh, wow. You know, like the water is iced. <laughs> very you know, civilized. Versus jujitsu house where you go and it's everything's a fucking mess. <laughs> the fucking the sink is full of dishes. You don't know where, where's the, where I fucking, I don't even know. Yeah. Like what's the front door? What's the, you know, like it. There's a possum. Yeah, you know, there's like, who's that sleeping on the couch? I don't know, fucking some friend of my sister's. You know, it's just, (laughs) just you're like, this place sucks. It's completely chaotic. And so that is not a logical first step for you to go to after you've gotten out of this acute phase of injury, is it? So in any case, for me, to answer your question, yeah, I had the knee injury, whatever. I had an ACL reconstruction. And after that surgery, I'm still in this post-surgery phase, two years later, where the range of motion is not, is not back to what it was and it is nowhere near what my good side is right. or my unaffected side. should say. Be careful with our language here, folks. Yes, sir. Don't want to adopt a negative narrative. No. So I'm constantly made aware of the deficiencies of my affected knee through the training I do in the gym. 
because I can't squat as deep. I can't go into like a, a full knee drop on that side. But you're, I would say, just put it out there, your range on that side is possibly better than oh, it's, some yeah. people who've not had totally, surgery, right? Totally. Like you, and that's, you know, that's unique to me. And, it is. Yeah. But, you know, like I know I'm like, man, I am underperforming on that side grossly. And sure. that, you know, and that's, I think for, for folks, like it doesn't matter where you're at. The question is, like, are you balanced and can you express the, the joint and, or, or movements in the way that you know you're capable of? And for me, I'm like, no, I definitely can't. Right. So whatever, I'm that far past surgery that it's now okay for me to be back at full-scale training. It is. But there was a long period of time there where I wasn't. And it's, but I was going to say the reason why I wanted you to talk about this, Joe, is it's ups and downs, right? Like you had points where you were going forward and then for various reasons, yeah. inflammation, and you're, oh, God, it's not linear. Like yes. I'm not just up and to the right, always improving. Totally, right? yeah. And, and I mean, I guess, you know, that's, that's a deeper thing where it's like you've got to be aware of what you're going through and you've got to try and tailor your, your jiu-jitsu training to match that. Mm. I didn't go back to – like I didn't go from surgery, rehab to back at jiu-jitsu training full scale. I went back to drilling – and then I went back to doing a little bit more kind of vigorous drilling with, with you know, responsible Specific partners. Specific stuff. And then yeah. it was like, all right, go back to some easy roles with, again, with the right training. But Adam was one of the, you know, we we're actually, yeah. uh, I got to give him credit. He was highly responsible during that time. You know, <laughs> nice. it's like, man, let's just, we'll do some stuff. I'll be mindful of the knee. But so, you know, that period, no one can say how long that takes. No. But it eventually got to a point where I'm like, okay, I feel confident to go back into the fire. Yes. If we contrast that to his story. Well, this, this is, is what I want to, to say, it? yeah. Because so just to put some context around this, uh, Adam, our good friend, Adam Childs, has just recently had elbow surgery, which was necessary. He had some bone fragments in there, had a bone spur, had a bunch of stuff, which was surgery level requirement. And his elbow was so fat. And he was showing it. We had it on grading day, stitches, like the bruising on the inside of his arm was horrible. Like a beetroot, his whole, his whole arm. Yeah, it was, it was tough. And he was saying, man, my arm's so wrecked. I didn't expect it to be so terrible. But then, <laughs> what, like two weeks later, it's like, dude, I'm going to get in. I think I'm going to, next class, come in, I'll, I'll roll. <laughs> I'm like, dude, no. <laughs> you, you, do you forget what you were saying two weeks ago, man? Like, this is crazy. But the ups and downs, Monday right? night, we rolled. Oh, right. Monday night, he's like, Joey, let's roll. I was like, you sure? Oh. He said to me, no, man, so, surgeon said, like, I, I'd be good to – to get back into training at four, uh, you know, at around four weeks, at four weeks. And I was like, oh, okay. Anyway, we, we had a role. It wasn't, you know, we didn't go 100%, no. respectful and whatever. And then at the end of the class, funny little piece, he said, um, you'll be in on Thursday, right? We'll roll again. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, totally. And he said, Thursday will be four weeks, so that's sweet. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. You said today. He said, no, 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 Thursday's four weeks. Uh, <laughs> like, like you're just like stretching, oh. and, you know, stretching it to be like, oh, near enough's good enough. Oh, God. But that's the thing, you know, like has he, you know, and, you know, respectfully, he's my coach. He's our good friend. Sure. We love the guy. Yeah. But, and he's been doing his rehab. He, he has. Said, he said he's been extremely diligent with that. But there's a, there's a place, like you're doing your rehab, Okay, have you been back to the gym and started to load that elbow through some more intense mm. movement patterns, like built back your pull-ups, built back like heavy push-ups, dips, yep. like gotten that elbow under some strain? Because when we roll, you're going to be doing pull-ups. Far you're more be dynamic. Doing dips. Yeah. Like all that shit's happening and it's way more dynamic. Yeah. So you can't just jump from A to F. No, not at all. 
and I think this is the thing that most of us want to skip those steps. So the, the way I usually try to like, if I'm trying to explain it to somebody who has no idea what we're talking about, and this might be you, you might be listening to us going, what are you guys talking about? If you think you've just had surgery or you've just snapped a ligament, you're now at minus 10. You know, let's count zero as healthy, uninjured person. Maybe someone who's never trained jujitsu. And you've got to go through this process of being at minus 10 to being at, say, minus five, which is, you know, that gray, you've started to hit that gray area. You, you know, you're not acutely injured, but you're also not back to 100%. Then you've got to work through that period to get to healthy, which is, you know, full range of motion and I can use my body. I'm not in pain all the time. But then, like, plus five is stability. On top of that, plus 10 is strength. And then on top of that is, you know, dynamic plyo, you know, judo throw, shoot in, takedown. Like that's, that's level 15 plus 20. Everybody wants to go from minus 10 to plus 20. Yes. Everyone wants to skip those steps. Absolutely. Because it's humbling. It's terrible. You don't want to go, I can't fully straighten my elbow. I want to ignore that because I feel disabled. Like you don't want to confront the fact yeah. that your arm is a problem functioning at only a portion of its capacity. Yeah, you, you're literally like someone who has a physical disability. And this, I mean, this is why people love jujitsu because you can hide. You can work from that it. shit. Yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, I'll just play guard on my other side. Yeah, it's okay. You know, whatever. I think here's the most important thing, guys. We are now going to get into the discussion and go, all right, I'm not 100%. You know, I'll cop to that. What have I got to do? How do I get back? How do we at Bulletproof identify these things? So what I thought we'd do is we start first, cab off the rank. We have three key things here. Range of motion. Range of motion. So you've got a joint issue. Let's say it's your elbow. The very first thing that you need before anything else, bay, is <laughs> full expression of that joint's range of motion. So full elbow extension, i.e. you can straighten your arm, lock it out. All right, Full flexion right here, JT gives bicep flex, and then full extension. That is the very first thing you need. And... If you think about it this way, range of motion is like the, the very most basic thing the joint does. If you try to like go and do heavy strength work that requires elbow extension and flexion before you've even tested the range, this is, this is dangerous territory. Yes. And this is what jiu-jitsu is. So first and foremost, can you express full natural range of motion through that joint? Yeah. And you might be a bit of a tight individual, but I guess, the, the, I guess maybe a better way to look at it is can you express the range to the same as what you had pre-injury? Yeah. We do take it for granted. We, we just think, oh, yeah, I can just put my shirt on. I just pull my pants on. I put my shoes on. And then that, that's where it kind of, you know, these basic life things, you go to do them. You're like, man, I can't, I can't mm. bend all the way over. Oh, my back's so tight. Oh, I can't reach my arm up. My shoulder's freaking pinging, you know. Yeah. There's these things where it really rings home that you're like, man, I can't live my life normally. Oh, but I can roll. No. We've got to rewind, guys. So that range of motion piece, and this is something that I've heard from, you know, much smarter person than me within the realm of strength conditioning, which is before. Is that me? Unfortunately, it was not you, Joe. But, I mean, you're an articulate guy at the best of times. But we must add range before we add load. If we've got somebody. I fucking said that shit you first, bar, bro. Get you know the, it. Get that fuck out of here. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> I've been in this game way too long, Charles, Junior. Mark, you stole my shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's the thing, guys. If you can't touch your toes, it's a position you'll be forced into when you are rolling. We've got to do some work. There's work that you can do before you start picking up a really heavy barbell, which is going to be really beneficial. Don't get me wrong. 
we, we're not going to go into the discussion of loaded mobility here. We, we, we'll, we will touch on it, but it's more that if you can't touch your own shoulder, should you just be loading that up? Yeah. You know, if you, if you yeah, can't- Should you be doing bicep curls? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not, even though you love them. So range of motion is the first- Just a caveat to that. Please. Yes, there are benefits to doing some loaded exercise in the rehab process. And for that specific example, your physio might give you some banded bicep curls. Sure. To repair, and, and totally, right? We're mm-hmm. taught, but we're trying to simplify this thing into a model that you can apply. So take it with a grain of salt that, yes, yeah. there are times when a professional can permit you to veer off track. Yeah, definitely. And look, load could be something as simple as hold this drink bottle or anything like that. But if we put it in the context of a squat, say, if you go to squat down and the only way that you can squat below 90 is to lift your heels up off the ground because you've got an ankle injury and your ankles are really tight, you should be addressing your ankle range of motion, not just always chocking your heels because your Achilles is tight. Yeah. You know, yes, you can do that. But what we're looking at, guys, we want you to be in the best physical function you can have. So you've got to take care of these deficiencies. Before we move on to the next point, I suppose the glaring thing is you can avoid these things and hide behind it and keep training and roll through it and develop a new style to your game, whatever, but it will come back and bite you on the ass. Yeah. And it will get you. And then you'll be like, fuck, I wish I had to just address this shit properly. Like it, yeah. it will fucking get you. Even, and, and even you- Marcelo Garcia. So this is like, I get this all the time. People go, oh, Marcelo Garcia did, never did strength conditioning. In interview did say, I wish I addressed my injuries and <laughs> did, did some lifting when I was younger. Said that like blanket statement. Controversial. My, my body's not what it should be now because I neglected it when I was younger, you know? And it's, you know, people say he's the goat. People always point to him like, oh, he's a pure jujitsu guy. Yeah, he got where he got, but he got there in spite of not lifting, not because he did not lift. Yeah. You know? So I think the next thing too is like once you have got your range of motion back, you're like, oh, I can't touch my toes. I can't touch my shoulder. We need stability. We need to be able to take a, a little bit of you know, load, but then it's balance. Can you stand on one foot and not just fall over? You know, like how, how stable is your ankle? In the same way, like can you put weight in your arm and have your elbow fully locked out without your wrist just aching incessantly? Like top of a push-up position, top maybe push up. one hand off the ground, yep. balancing, holding. I mean, and if for folks thinking, it's like, okay, now the range of motion is being expressed, yep. extension here. But also you've got this, you've got the balance piece. Yeah. But then you've got some like endurance because you're trying to hold it for whatever, 30, 40, 60 seconds. Sure. There's these different capacities that are starting to move towards what you might need for jujitsu, right? That's right. And the thing about stability, guys, is it usually involves co-contractions. So it's like more than one group of muscles working. It's, uh, you know, agonist, antagonist. It's your bicep and your tricep stabilizing to keep your arms straight. It's not just, oh, I'm just doing a push-up and straightening my arm and using my tricep. It's, it's your ability to keep the joint safe. If you don't have that control around the joint and then someone like me grabs your wrist and says, right, I'm going to twist your arm off. If you can't even under your own control control your elbow, I'm going to snap that bitch off. That's right. And it's not James's fault. It's your fault. That's right. You didn't take care of business. Defend yourself at all times. Be prepared, my friends. So that bit of stability if you're unsure, if you're like, oh, my ankle is a bit dodgy, if you can't stand on that foot for a minute without having to put the other foot down, that's not a stable ankle. 
You know, we're not mm. saying hop. We're not saying jump through the air. We're like literally just stand on your foot. Can you balance? In a barefoot, not in a shoe, not in a shoe with arch support. Saying literally because when you go on that jiu-jitsu mat, this is the thing. I see people training in shoes all the time. Like so here at Jungle Brothers, part of the ethos is we're a barefoot gym. I live by that. Like I have always tried to deadlift barefoot even when I train kettlebells. Train barefoot because if you're on the mats and you do jiu-jitsu, you don't have shoes on. Mm. You also you don't you're not wearing a weight belt. You can't be like, hang on a second, I'm just gonna just, oh, you stack me. Tighten, yeah. <laughs> tighten up the weight belt to brace my back. You know, you don't have wrist wraps. You haven't got any of that help. You need to have the structural integrity to do these things. So stability is the first thing before you can start to do the next thing, which is a, an interesting term. R U L. R-U-L, range under load. Oh, Joe Worthington, oh. a superlative. Guys, you heard it here first. Peyton pending. Pretty sure I said it first. But <laughs> but range under load is something different, guys. This is something that probably no one talks about, and that's why we're going to get into it right now. The first point was express full range of motion. Second point, stability. Third point, range under load. So can you move that joint through its full range of motion but under some load? Mm. So, you know, if we're talking about a busted ankle, it's can you perform a squat all the way down, all the way up with, you know, whatever, a, a kettlebell, uh, you know, in a rack position or a goblet squat. Uh, if we're talking about the elbow, maybe it's a banded bicep curl. Sure. You know, maybe it's a, a you know, a, a ring row, whatever. But it's something where it's taking the joint through range and it is under a bit of load as well because like we are saying, the formalized environment of the gym allows us to work on certain, within certain parameters – Load is, is one of these really key parameters. So it's like, yeah, man, my elbow feels pretty good when I do this. But hey, when you add a 10 kilo dumbbell here, oh, fuck, oh, that hurts. hurts. And that's the thing is there is no point in jiu-jitsu where you are not free of load. You are always under load. So this has to be explored in your training before you go back to full-scale rolling. Definitely. And also know that if you're just picking a weight up and putting it down, that's actually pretty – basic in terms of being quite linear that the tension is consistent and it's not too crazy now you may have seen people out there um you know loading bands and kettlebells and like they talk about like a chaos training or like a is that like when i do the toaster bar and then when i bring the legs down you like punch me in the stomach with the oh, boxing gloves yeah exactly and like i got that. the mask on <laughs> and the dreadlocks no. <laughs> no chaos training chaos training no it's more that Obviously, when you pick up a, a barbell, it's static. But if you try and pick up a human and they're trying to armbar you, literally the person is forcibly trying to make your joint do the opposite. If at any point they like kick you in the guts or between the like in the groin, you lose tension in your back rounds. Maybe you're going to herniate a disc. Maybe you're going to accidentally because you're sweaty, your hand's going to slip. And your arm's going to be forced into a terrible, terrible armbar that's going to tear more ligaments. Like it is so dynamic, guys. So you know that the saying you've got to walk before you run, obviously you would think someone needs to be able to stand on one leg before they can hop. In the same way, they need to be able to hop on the spot 10 times before they're like, I'm going to hop up on that one meter box. All these things, like it's all just layers of progression. Now we're going to add another human into the mix who's trying to bend your joints the wrong way. This is just a total next level layer. And a friend of mine, Chris, he recently got a radial fracture in his hand just drilling. So partner was doing a sweep. He went to post, kind of missed and rolled, but took all of his weight with his kind of hand. Radial fracture. 
the guy's a butcher. He can't use his hand properly. It's really bad, right? Stitch up. That's one of those things that's just like it can happen in jiu-jitsu. So in terms of coming back, we've got our range of motion, we've got our stability, we've got our range under load. The next step, would you say, Joe, is drilling? Like a controlled jiu-jitsu, which is not rolling? Yeah, I think, you know, it's at that point that you're like, okay, I've kind of maxed out the formal parameters in the gym. Now I've got to get back on the mats. And, you know, you can be on the mats prior to this, whatever, engaging with the class, maybe drilling a bit of stuff on the, the, the non-injured side or, you know, whatever. But, yeah, I think it's time to go back to jiu-jitsu, but we got to kind of break that into a few phases. Mm. I think, yeah, drilling is the first place you go to. Try and do the warm-up, try and do some drilling, and then probably, like, don't roll. Yeah. And that's, like, work that for a period. Definitely. A while ago there was this movement behind, oh, don't drill, it doesn't help you learn. Some of the greatest people of all time, Mendes brothers, Meow brothers, you know, world champions, many times world champions, Cobrinha, so many guys drill. They practice the skill over and over. It's more, this isn't a comment on how to learn. It's just a comment on reorienting the body and checking in with yourself. When I do this, do I get pain? Like obviously when the adrenaline's hitting, you're feeling good, but you go to do that drill and then the adrenaline wears off and you're like, oh my God, my knee is blown up. Like it's fat now. Yeah. Shit, I went too far. And you didn't even know it at the time. But, but that's but, valuable, right? Yeah. Do the yeah. session, notice that. And then act accordingly. Yeah, maybe dial it scale train a bit. Exactly. Change that, the drill. That is the exact opposite of being oblivious and refusing to address. Checking in with myself, seeing how, how my body responded to the training and how the injury is going. And I'm going to customize. I'm going to act on this. Yeah. I am not a, a particularly technical person when it comes to like technology, cars, anything like that. My practical skills, my man skills are low. I feel insufficient. My dad. I'd like to it, thank you for sharing that with us well, today, Well, I'm just being vulnerable. My therapist told me it's good for me. Instead of being tough all the time, freaking staunch. Um, no, but my, my dad's an engineer. He can fix a car. He can fix anything, like take things apart. I am the person who had a flat tire while driving on the highway. Just went, God, the car sounds funny. Kept driving. I'm like, is, is it the engine? I don't know. This should, roads are should I pull over? I'm like, oh. <laughs> Pay my taxes. Can you smell that? Can you smell <laughs> that? What is that smell? It's like, is that burning? Is that sparks? <laughs> Pull over. You know, like if you identify you have a flat tire, you don't keep on driving. <laughs> you, you know, you call roadside assistance or whatever. Or if you're capable, you change your tire. Change the fucking tire. <laughs> 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 but you don't just go, oh, well, it's like, yeah, it's still on there. I'll just drive because Not that is what you're doing. And that is a hard lesson learned. Look, it's a car. A car's replaceable. When that's your hip, when that's your shoulder, that could be a lifetime of pain if you don't pay attention to the warning signs. Yeah. Right? The next step off drilling, and not everyone has this. So we understand if you're new to jiu-jitsu and you've, you've copped an injury and you want to stay in the game, if you haven't been at your club long or you haven't trained that long, you don't necessarily have like a real tight circle of friends. That, that, that's, that takes time. But there is a community within injury. And, and a lot of us think that we're isolated when we get injured. Like, oh, I'm not on the team anymore because I'm injured. No, you just join the team. You're part <laughs> of the real team, <laughs> team injury, which is like, you know, the majority of us in jiu-jitsu, we experience it one time or another. But having a trustworthy partner who will work with you when you say, hey, man, my ankle's bad. They don't try and footlock you. <laughs> you know, you know that they are going to roll it 
50% or just work around your injury so that you can get some jiu-jitsu skills in without making it worse. Yes. And that's definitely the next step through, isn't it? It's like, okay, like, like work some, some light rolling. Yeah. If you've got to avoid the positions that are problematic for a little while, that's okay. But then there's a stage where it's like, okay, now I've got to go into that. Like, okay, now you can foot, foot lock me on that side. Just know that when Very you catch slow. it, let's just see. And I remember Adam would do that a lot. Like once we started, we started training a lot of heel hooks and stuff. And still to this day, if he catches me, I mean, if. <laughs> Never. <laughs> no, but if he, if he catches me in a heel, he'll always be like reflexively, oh man, is that your bad knee? And you know, because he's, yeah, he's you thinking about it. You forget. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, no, nah, it's good. Like you can like uh, go, go to town. Like you don't have to worry about it anymore. But that indicates like that is a really smart place to be for a while. Yes. Until you can say, okay, I'm good to go. Like, reins are off. Let's throw down. Go nuts. It's almost like that, that model that we applied in the gym where it's like range and then stability and then range under load and then range under more load. Yes. You almost apply that same thing to jiu-jitsu. It's like drilling Just and warm-up. Just do the movement. And then drilling and warm-up and a little bit of rolling with a responsible individual. And then yeah. maybe some light rolling with, you know, very specific partners. And then… R-U-L, rolling under load. Rolling. Oh, oh, hey. Amazing. Uh, I like that. You get that one, I get the oh, range. All right, fair enough. That's cool. <laughs> People listening, you know, you're like, you're hearing this, you're like, I can do that. That makes total sense. Super logical. The problem is you take Adam as the example. He's sitting on the sidelines coaching classes for, you know, three and a half weeks, mm. not doing anything. And then he's like, fuck, I want back in. Itching. And he said to me the other, like last week, he's like, Man, it looked like an awesome session tonight. Some yeah. good rolls, eh? Yeah. Like you could see he was frothing. Yeah. And that's this is what happens. And so you rush it and then you're like, I'm going back in. And, you know, whatever. He He's an adult, makes his own decision. Everyone can. But you've got to fight that impatience mm. because that impatience is what will bring you undone. And it will force you to skip steps, jump from A to F. Yeah. And like we said, this is what's going to run you into trouble down the track. Yeah, definitely. And look, I hope this has never happened to you, but – Coming back too soon is is the worst feeling because you get your hopes up. You're like, no, I feel pretty good. I really want to experience this great thing called jujitsu. And within one or two sessions, you've re-injured yourself. You are now as many weeks back as you were forward. So you're going to have to go through that whole process again. Yeah. And it's just – it's difficult because it was your choice, right? It's, it's nothing what you can't blame anyone else other than you fucked up. That's right. It's on you. So that is a terrible feeling because also, you know, in your heart of hearts, fuck my bad. I did it. I did it to myself. And, you know, provided you can learn from it, maybe that's a good lesson, but you don't need to make mistakes multiple times. Like you've got an injury. There's definitely a way that you can get through it without stuffing yourself up again. And look, that's not to say you won't get some other injury, but that's the other thing too, and I've seen this, where people try and work around an injury and because they are, they compensate and they do a different injury. Create another one. Yeah, like a friend of mine, he uh, injured his wrist. Now, he could have just, whatever, he could have just gone the you know, UFC one, one boxing glove, you know, <laughs> gi, one yep. boxing glove, headgear, whatever. But he's like, no, I'll just put my hand in my belt, which I don't know why that made sense. He could have held his belt, who knows in that session got swept and landed on his neck and herniated two discs. Oh God. Pretty much the end of his jiu-jitsu career right there. Like he was trying to, he was trying to do his best to stay in the game. Fuck. That was not the way. So when we, when we circle back around and we, and we look at it, 
you you definitely want to keep connected to jiu-jitsu, but there is a process for you to come back step by step. So if you are not sure if you're ready, doc said you're good, physio has kind of sent you on your way, what is good to do is go through and do a bit of a test, top to bottom. Can I move my body fully without being in pain? Now, can I do that with, you know, can I, can I hold my arm there? Can I, can I put a little bit of pressure in my neck? Can I lean against the wall? Can I do a bridge? Can I do a jiu-jitsu warm-up at home? We all Backwards know the rolls, moves. Backwards rolls. rolls, yeah. Can I shrimp? Can I, can I walk on my, you know, do a bear crawl? If, if you can't do these basic things, how are you going to do it with someone on your back? Mm. You're not going to be able to. And then just work your way in. Now, your coach may not know because obviously we've said this before. Your coach will not know. Yeah. <laughs> Coaches generally are like, yeah, just get on the mats. You're good to go. But the thing is, as much as, as well-meaning as they are and as much as they want you to get better at jujitsu, they don't know your body the way you know your body. And you have to be very honest with yourself to check in and go, you know what? I'm still not right. I need to take steps to move forward. And if you're not sure what to do, we can potentially help you. But then also it might even be worthwhile for you to go and seek out a trainer. You might need some supervised help to help you fully rehabilitate. So as much as we try to be as helpful as we can via the internet, Instagram, Facebook, all of that, like we're always happy to take questions and, and give you the best advice we can as much as you can over the internet. It is worthwhile seeing a professional and getting them to give you the objective feedback, which is that ain't right, son. You've got to fix that. Absolutely. I think that demonstrates too how we see that the link between someone training jiu-jitsu and then also going to the gym and doing some strength and mobility work are like hand in hand. You, you have to do it. Mm. And, you know, whether it's the rehab piece or it's just general physical preparation to be on the mats and be healthy and strong, you've got to be doing some stuff off the mats and that's what we're all about. It makes me think of the new feature that's coming up soon for our members. Oh, which, uh, do tell. This is the feature that JT's been working on hard this year, which is our uh, rehab coach. Yeah. This is going to be out sometime in 2022. Sorry, next year. Give, yeah. us, give us a few months. few months. But it'll give you a map of the body and you can choose the area of the body where you're having issues. So, so maybe I've got a bit of a dud shoulder and there'll be specific prehab protocols that you can follow for that area of the body. Focusing on range of motion, stability, range under load. And the idea being that, oh man, I'm a bit gammy in that spot. Click on the thing, gives you a little mini program. You follow that for however long you need to. It gets you back on the mats and it complements <laughs> our strength and mobility programs that are already on the member site. Yeah, we've had a few people ask us, oh, look, I can do everything, but my right shoulder's not good. What do I do? Can I put something in place of like bottoms up press? Yeah. Yes, you totally can. And the great way that it's structured with the rehab coach section is that you can gauge yourself. So if you can get through the warm up and you can get through the stability, like then you know you're ready for the next step. And once you can complete all sets and reps at the next step, then you can go to the next level. And once you can fully complete that, you are ticked off, certified. You have demonstrated good technique, no pain, onward. Resume normal training. Yeah. You do need that structure. And I feel that that's where this kind of discussion leads us, that everybody needs that tool to be able to guide them as to how they're going. So excited to bring that to you guys. We've got it down, but obviously we're working on a lot of other things, standards. I thought, Joe, you were going to talk about the new live feature. Of, of standards, which I'm excited about. Oh, is, the, the progression? Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool, guys. I think it's cool. Anyway, maybe because I'm nerdy and I, I'm like that. The program, the new standards program is alive. So you can, when you can complete X amount of sets and reps on a particular movement and you're like, I'm pretty good here. I, I need more challenge. 
you can hit progress and then you get your new upgrade. And say you've just gone from, you know, white belt level three, three stripe, four stripe. Now you're working on blue belt level strength or blue belt level mobility and you can gauge yourself. So you can actually look down the list and go, oh, wow, I'm a blue belt at strength, but oh man, I'm a white belt at mobility. I need to put more time in on that. And then that's where you can really start to find a lot of gains in being able to self-identify where maybe you're not improving. Absolutely. Excited for that. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, I think by the time people listen to this, the very first version will be out. Our members will be using it. It's a beta test. So we're receiving feedback, a lot of like updates and extra features to be added, but we didn't want to delay getting it out there because people have been like, where the fuck is this thing? <laughs> you talk about We're this talking months, about it. Man. So we're like, we'll give it to you guys. It is good enough to start with and we will continue to improve over the coming months. Uh, if you want to get on that, get on our member site, bulletproofofbjj.com. Uh, you get a seven-day free trial. You can check it all out if you don't like it, cancel. But you are going to love it, so you'll stick around and you'll become strong and mobile and be a supple savage on the mats. That's what we need. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Cheers, everybody. Bro. Peace, guys.